Well, aren't you glad that that's true of all of us? I don't know about you, I'm not over it yet. Seven years old, I realized my need for a Savior, and I'm not over it yet. I'm glad for that. God changed my life. And I'm glad that uh, he can take a seven-year-old, he can take an 87-year-old, and, and uh, knowing that we're sinners, that he willingly laid, laid his life on the cross for us, and we can accept him as our Savior. And I hope that's your testimony today. If it's not, I'll tell you it's a wonderful thing. And I'm just glad I'm not over it yet. But we're going to turn our Bibles uh, back to Ephesians chapter 4 in a bit, but also turn to Luke chapter 6, if you don't mind. And hope that you do continue to pray for one another. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of sickness this week, and glad to see uh, Alex back at his uh, spot there at the back at the sound desk. We visited him on uh, on Tuesday, and he was worried. You know, he said, "Oh, I'm going to have to call someone, make sure someone's covering for me on Wednesday." And I was thinking already, and appreciate the church as well. Just um, with ministry market last week, saw a lot of. Uh, names uh, signed up for different things, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the Lord will work. Um, hope that you pray for one another as well, just regard to our opportunities. And, you know, I know that I've uh, been noticing a lot of outreach, a lot of different people out on Friday night at, at Brisbane City on, on Tuesday night, and the, the uh, Bible study there, heard some good reports there, and then the kids on, on Friday night as well. So great activities throughout the week, just all good things that um, hopefully it will encourage and help others along the way. But we're going to um, just look at a, a new series starting this morning on on the impact our words make. You know, the, we often, or maybe you've heard of this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But we know that's not true. We know that words do hurt. And, you know, the according to research, the average person speaks 860,341,500 words in their lifetime. That's a lot of words uh, for the average person that lives around 70, uh, 70 years. And uh, that's a lot of words that come out of our mouths, out into the open. And now we live in a society that not only is it words spoken, but words that are communicated, that are typed, that are emailed, that are uh, spoken, even those in secret. And we understand, though, that, that what we know is, is that God hears those words, but God cares about those words. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, he says, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You imagine those 860,341,500 words. God keeps an account and we will give we will give an account at judgment. And we're accountable for for each word that we utter. You know, I, as people, I think we understand we can use our words to either hurt or heal. And yet as God's people, we must understand that we in our words can impact eternity as well. And Proverbs 18:21 the Bible says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So it bears something. It, there's, a, there's a consequence to our words. They're not just empty uh, syllables and uh, empty sounds. No, they mean something. 
And what I'm saying this morning is words are powerful. In fact, even the universe, in its creation, God chose this method to to see the world come to be. It was spoken. God spoke the world into existence. That's why we call it the universe. One word. Words are so important to God that He preserved His communication to us in words. In fact, the title that He gives Himself, the Lord Jesus, is The Word. In fact, the thing that God calls us to is a spoken word. It's to preach the Word. That, that He's chosen the foolishness of preaching to confound the wisdom of the world. He chose that. It's a spoken medium. And so words are important. Words have stirred people into the most prolific endeavors in history as well as sadly wreaking havoc when words are used for wickedness. You know as well as I do that words we speak, although we'd like to take them back, we can't take back. And words are powerful and are impactful and they're means of influencing those whom we have around us. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how words can be used to impact eternity and what value we ought to place in what we speak, what we broadcast with our words. And whether it's spoken, written, or typed words, these all create avenues of influence that can either give life or death. Now we read Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 29 to 32 earlier. Look at, look at Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at a couple of verses here. Look at verses 43 to 45, and look what Jesus is, is teaching He says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. You know, sometimes we can speak and say, but I didn't mean what I said. You know what the Bible says, though, is out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. You know, words aren't just letters that have phonetic values producing sounds. Words have meaning and create meaning. And meanings, can I tell you this morning, have consequences. And with this in mind, we see that the Lord Jesus is teaching us that it comes from a source. God, who created man in his own image, enabled man to have meaningful communication. That's what, that's what sets us apart from animals and other creatures. We, have the, we are image bearers of God. And just like God, who can communicate and form meaning, we too can communicate and form meaning in our lives and the lives of others. That's what sets us apart. And what I'm saying this morning is out of all God's creation, we have that privilege. And actually, language and speech, it's not just this instinctual thing. It's something we have been given that distinguishes us to be made in God's image. And yet what we find is that words spoken can either bring good or evil. The source of words comes from within, and it's an indicator of the reality within. 
And so actually words that we speak and the things we say and the, the, the meaning that we form with that not only informs the world of what we believe, it actually informs us of our condition of the heart. It actually informs us of what the reality is within. And words bring out what is truly happening in our heart. So when we speak, can I tell you, nothing is accidental. It's actually a revealer of what's already in there. You know, it's, it's, it's like that illustration that I've, I've read about. It's, uh, it's like the tea in the tea bag. You know, when you put the tea in the tea bag, the hot water, it only reveals what's already inside. The, 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 the flavor is already there. The, the hot water doesn't change it. The hot water reveals it. And all of us here, we understand that sometimes we're in a situation where we're, 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 we're in a hot water situation, something difficult. And, and our words actually that come out, they're not, they're not informed by the circumstance. The words come out are actually a revealer of what's inside already. And the source that these words come from, that emanate from, how do we ensure then that the words that come out are good words? You know, if in my words there's potential for health or hurt, what can I do about ensuring my words are used for health, for good? And it comes down, I think, to fixing the source. And we read there earlier already in Luke chapter 6 that, that Jesus is actually teaching about this. What, what we are inside will produce the words that we broadcast. And again, using the analogy of fruit, you, you only get the fruits from the, 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 the kind of tree that it is. Okay, whether it's natural or engineered, you know, you go to an apple tree, what do you get? You get apples, right? Someone sent, I, I taught a lesson along this line, and someone sent me a, um, a, an article about a fruit that produces different kinds, of, a tree that produces different kinds of fruit. And they were saying, look at this, but you know, there had to be a design though. There, there still had to be someone that, that you know, spliced the, the genomes together to create this tree that produces different colored fruits. And the point is, it'll produce what you intend it to produce. And the tree will produce its intended fruit. And our words are really the fruit of who we are and what we have within. And Jesus is teaching here that our words, they come from our hearts. You know, we already learned a couple of weeks ago that our heart is the great conductor of our lives. Right? We, we saw the verse in Choose of Life 23. Keep thy heart, why? With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. From, from the heart comes all of the issues that, the, 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 that form meaning, that form circumstances in our lives. And it's no wonder then that the primary source of our words is this, it's our heart. The heart is that the real heart of the matter. And we use that cliche because it, it best describes really for us the centrality of the heart. How needful it is for us to ensure that it's in the right condition. Job 15 verses 12 to 13. I've been in Job recently in my Bible reading and I noticed these words. And the, one of the friends, Eliphaz, says this about Job. He says, Why doth thine heart carry thee away? And what do thy eyes wink at that thou turnest thy spirit against God? And notice this, And lettest such words 
go out of thy mouth. He was saying, your heart is turning you away. Your heart is in such a condition, and those words are the things that are evidencing that. He's saying, you're letting these words come out of your mouth. Why? Because your heart is carrying you away. And Eliphaz said that about Job. They weren't true of Job, but actually they were true in general. That, that's the whole, that's the, whole, uh, the whole dialogue between Job and his friends. They were saying true things. They were just not true of Job. But the, the reality of it was this. The heart was turning the words. And this morning, we've got to look at the characteristics of our words. And if I can ask you to just pause right now and take a good stock and inventory of your words. Think about the conversations that you had. Think about the interactions that you've had, husbands and wives, parents and children, between you friends, between those who uh, perhaps you work with. Think about the interactions that you've had, the, the kind of conversations that you've had. Hey, those weren't inconsequential. Those were an indicator of a reality within. So actually come up with that and take great stock and inventory and whatever the summary of that is, then that's the condition of your heart. If there's been some, uh, some, some, uh, some situations this week in your home where there's been some cross words spoken that have been hurtful, if there's been some things that you've communicated that have hurt others, then listen, don't look elsewhere, look within. There, there's, a, there's a condition in the heart there that you need, to, you need to not only observe, but also then correct. And really there's two types of hearts that we're going to look at this morning because those are the two things that, God, that the Lord Jesus brings out. He says there's an evil heart and there's a good heart. And I want to talk to you this morning about that because that's the source of our words. If we can take care of that, then we can take care of the kind of words that we speak and, and hopefully they bring health rather than hurt. All right, we're going to pray. We'll ask the Lord to help. And then we'll, we're going to turn to different places in Scripture this morning. Let's pray, because I think that we need the Lord's help this morning. Let's pray. Father, again, we love you. Lord, help us this morning. Lord, often we can be a little um, casual. And Lord, we can easily excuse the words that come out of our mouths, that come into our minds, that we, we put out there. And yet, Lord, our words are actually a great indicator of the condition of our hearts. And yet, Father, we know that you're the one that tries the heart. You see it for what it is. And so I pray, Father, that you'd help us, Lord. Please search our hearts this morning. Please help us then understand as we take stock and inventory of how our communication has been this week, that you would just help us then to, to realize where our heart needs to be. And so I pray that you'd help us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in each and every one of us, Lord. I pray that you do work through your word. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Look at Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. And we'll, we'll look at this, look at verses 11 and 12. And we see, firstly, we're going to observe the evil heart. The evil heart, firstly, we see in, in Jeremiah chapter 18. Look at verses 11 and 12. It says, Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah. And to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, 
and devise a device against you. Return you now, every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk, notice this, after our own devices, and we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. So they're, they're saying there that actually we have no hope. We've got to follow after that evil heart. And what it is, the evil heart is one that is natural. That's the one that we were all born with. In Genesis 8.21, right at the beginning, the Lord smelled the sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. And notice his observation, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. You know, the, God, right from the beginning, he observed about the fallen, uh, man's fallen nature comes with this, it was an evil heart. It's a natural heart. It's the heart that we were born with. In Jeremiah chapter 17, we know this in verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So we see here that the natural state of man's heart is this evil. You know, you see all of, uh, all of the things that, uh, that are pushed today and probably uh, throughout millennia, all of the, the, the writings, whether it's from Shakespeare to, to Walt Disney, right? You see that, that there's this push to follow your heart. Hey, listen, carnal man, man born with the, with the sin nature has this as a natural thing. It's a, the natural thing is this, the evil heart. It's a carnal heart. It's a heart that's deceitful and desperately wicked, and no wonder then does it produce evil fruit. The natural heart, when left to itself, is deceptive, it's wicked, it's evil, and it produces fruit after its likeness. It can't help it. And man is inherently wicked. After the fall, man's ways and his thoughts, they were corrupted, and therefore following that, his words also. The, the words spoken were wicked and evil. And an evil heart is a natural state. We can know it by another name. And notice with me in Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8. And we'll, we'll read a couple of verses here. Look at verses 1 to 9. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And notice the word for it, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, Thank God this morning that, that God's given us a new heart. We're going to see that in a little bit. But thank God this morning that we don't have to walk after this evil heart, the flesh, but we can walk after the Spirit if you're saved here this morning. So he says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So uh, the, there was that old nature that was leading to the law of sin and death. We're now for saved, walking after the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So just, just keep thinking about that contrast there. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're in the flesh, what that is biblically is that you're not saved. If you're in the flesh, it means that you cannot help but produce the things of the flesh. But listen, you might be saved and you might have been put in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's biblically you're saved. You've accepted Christ as your savior. But listen, our our salvation is still yet to come from, uh, from the flesh. We still have this flesh that we have to contend with. And we still have at times to choose to walk after the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, not walk after the flesh. We still have to contend with that evil heart. And so we see that there's that, that, that wrestling that needs to take place because the carnal mind in verse 7 is enmity against God. In verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh. Listen, if you're saved here, if there was a time where you accepted Christ as your Savior, you're not in the flesh anymore, but you can still walk after the flesh. It says you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Listen, there ought to be, there ought to be this new reality in your life. You still have the flesh, but you have the spirit. You still have to contend with this flesh, this evil heart. You see, all of this, it, when we walk after the flesh, it produces certain things. Look at Galatians chapter 5. You know, we often know this chapter as a chapter about, about the fruit of the spirit. And you come back tonight, we're going to start looking at spiritual fruit. That's our series in the evening, if I can advertise a little bit. But Galatians chapter 5, let's continue and focus here. Verse 19, it also outlines the works of the flesh. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying these are produced from that carnal nature, that old man, that flesh, that evil heart. All of those things are the works of the flesh. And those are, are produced that, that just come out of the evil heart of man. And yet what we see is sometimes we can still walk after them. And again, just on a side note, you know, all of these things, when you look at them, they can be produced with our mouths. These can all be spoken. But notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Go, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice a couple of verses here, verses 20 and 21. And Paul, again, writing to this church, we all already know in chapter uh, sorry, in, in, in 1 Corinthians, that they were carnal. That means they were walking after the flesh. They were immature in their faith. They, they allowed themselves to be carnal and fleshly. And he's warning them again in verse, verse 20, chapter 12, verse 20. He says, For I fear, lest when I come I shall not find you as I would. So he's saying, I, I have a hope for you. 
but this is what I fear. And that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. And lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many of which have sinned already, and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. You know, the whole call in 2 Corinthians was they've repented and there's restoration, but he's saying, I fear for some of you who haven't repented. And he starts with these debates, envyings, wrath, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. You know what all of those were? Those were all spoken things. Those were all things that produce words. And and we won't take the time to study each and every one of them, but they were all words and none of it was good. So if those exist in in our lives, if there's constant debating, there's constant envyings, wrath, strifes with our words, backbiting, if there's constant whisperings and swellings and tumults, listen, that's that's a production of the flesh in our lives. That's a work. They're not just empty words. They're not just, oh, well, that's just how I am. Listen, that's how you are. You better take great care. That's not how it ought to be. There's a great contrast with those fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. And we better take great care because our words, the things that come out of our mouths, actually are a great indicator of the condition of our heart. And I'm not saying that, that, that you're not saved. Maybe you're not. But maybe you're just walking after the flesh. You know, sometimes... We can still, again, walk after the flesh. You know, the, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 3.12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, here it is, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Listen, we can still live practically in the flesh. We can still live practically just assuming that, that you know, everything will be good now that we're saved. Listen, you still have that carnal nature, that old nature that you have to contend with. And we better take great care because in that, It produces these things that are not only displeasing to God, but can hurt and harm those that we're supposed to be blessing and helping. You know how many of us, when we're not walking with God like we should, we're not walking after the Spirit like we should, we we act in a certain way at home, and we act in a certain way amongst others, and, and, and rather than being a blessing, we can become contentious. And we can cause division and strife and envying. And listen, we better take great care. Because that's an evil heart speaking. That's not the new nature that we have in Christ. Listen, we better take great care in our marriages. We better confess and we better get right with God. If those things are being produced, what will produce a carnal and evil-hearted Christian is one who is is walking, departing from the living God, the things that are clear in Scripture, those things that that, that He advises and that He he commands and those things that, that are supposed to set us right. And practical unbelief is when a Christian chooses to follow after the flesh and not after God. And can I tell you, this is the tendency of our hearts if we don't intentionally condition it. Listen, if we don't condition our heart the way it needs to be, 
If we don't, the Bible says, break up the fallow ground at times. Allow God to just sift through the, the, the hardness and the coldness and the, the assumptions in our heart. Then what is produced is carnality. That is the tendency of the heart. And what I'm saying is words from an unchecked heart will always tend to grow more corrupt. And yet what we find is not only is there an evil heart, that produces evil fruits, words. But then we see that there's a good heart. And can I tell you that if you're saved here, you have that in you. See, a good heart, firstly, it's a gifted, a gifted change. Listen, none of us here earned salvation, correct? Right, church? None of us here earned it. It was given us. In Ezekiel 18.31, the Bible says this, Cast away from you all. Your transgressions whereby you have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? You know, he offered that to them. Later on in chapter 36, verse 26, he says, A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. You know, that was an offer made to, the, the, to Israel and yet they rejected the Lord who could give them that. They crucified him. And, and now we have that. We, we have the opportunity as, God, as, as, as sinners who are in need of a Savior to come to Him. Look at Romans chapter 10. Look at Romans chapter 10. And notice verses 8 to 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And notice this, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice the connection again between the heart and the mouth regarding change. Saying there's, there's, you believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth. You know, if, if you remember and you recall when you got saved, you, you had a change of heart, right? It's repentance, it's belief. But then you prayed, you called out to the Lord for salvation. You spoke words to the effect, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, I need you to save me, please save me. And you spoke words to that effect. There was a change of heart. And, and so what God did at salvation, He gave you a gifted change. He gave you a change. He, he, he replaced that, that propensity for evil to, to a goodness, that, not that we've earned, to a goodness that He's given us through His righteousness. And there's that connection between the heart and the mouth regarding our salvation. Hey, listen. If you're saved here this morning, the Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all, all things are become new. You know what all things includes? Our speech. Our speech. Where it used to be that we couldn't help it, we spoke of filth. And we spoke lies. And we spoke half-truths. 
And we spoke those things, emulations, debates, envyings, and so forth. Now, as saved people, we can overcome that, and now we can speak of peace. Some of you who you were saved at a later age, perhaps. Some, some of you, you've got friends who will never believe the things that come out of your mouths now. Where it used to be, you used to talk of all of that, now you talk of these, the things of God. The things that, that cause peace and healing. And it seems to be that before you had this, this, uh, this evil temper that you just couldn't, but now you can control that through the Spirit. You have a choice. You have victory. There's no condemnation in Christ. And you're a new creature. It includes your speech. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Look at Colossians chapter 3. And verse 8. He's saying, but now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jews, Circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, notice this, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You know what it is? He's given you a new nature that you can put on, and with that comes new speech and new actions. How many of us have seen someone who just were in the, 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 the holding with the cords of sin in their lives, and yet because of salvation, because of the new nature, have overcome? And it used to be that they were just a lying, cheating so-and-so. And now in the new nature, they've just become new. They speak things, and, and yet, here's the sad reality, if we leave it unchecked, we can easily walk back and walk after the old life. And listen, can I just remind you, you don't need to be there. You don't need to be there. You know, the new nature brings in new speech. What it is, it's Christ's likeness. You know, the Lord Jesus, well, some of the things that were spoken about him, a lot of it was a lot about his words. In Luke 4, 22, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Hey, listen, the gracious words that came out of Jesus' mouth. You know, there's a lot of things that Jesus said that were, that were straightforward and truth, wasn't it? But he was full of truth and mercy. He, he was gracious. In 1 Peter 2, 23, who then... When he was reviled, speaking of Jesus, reviled not again, 
When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. You know, Jesus' words, there was something else. You, you read through how he dealt with people, and yes, there were some things he just spoke as truth, but they were never, never evil. They were good words. You know, you could speak in a way, and sometimes we speak and we, we offend because it's the truth. But listen, we can speak those in a way that is merciful and kind and gracious. You know what that enable, who enables us to do that? It's not the flesh. It's the Spirit. If we walk after the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And I want to say that this, this good heart, it comes from that, that gifted change, but it's got to be a growing consecration. It's got to be something that we're growing into. It's, it's, the consecration is, is simply this, being separated for a good work. And you know what that's requiring? It's going to require some maintenance. You know, if we want to keep something in, in its best condition, you're going to need to maintain it. You ever notice that with your vehicle? If you don't maintain your vehicle, it won't last very long. If you've got a, a new house, you want to keep it new, you've got to maintain it. And, and our, our tree, he, he says that evil tree and that good tree, our good tree must continually be, be maintained and growing if we're going to see good fruit. That's why he, uh, Paul, uh, Peter, and, and other, uh, other writers in, in the Word, they often repeated things. And, you know, what you're going to find as we go along this journey of pastor and church is you're going to hear me repeat a lot of things. You know what that is? It's just maintenance. Hey, listen, don't grow, don't grow cold to, to, to things that you've heard before. Hey, all of us here, listen, sometimes we just need to hear it again and again and again. Listen, don't get bored. Don't look for something new every time. Listen, God's given us the Word. And sometimes the Word just needs to be repeated. He's saying here in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, you know them, and be established in the present truth. Saying you already know them, you, you know this. But, but I'm going to remind you anyway. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, I think Paul, he wrote this, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. So he's give earnest heed to the things that you've already heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. You know how often we just go through, we just know it, but we let it slip and we need reminding again. We need God to just take it captive again to, to help us be back in the right position about that. Listen, words are like that. And it's going to take some maintenance, but it's going to take some consistency. See, go back to where we started. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. And we're pretty much done. And there's going to be this, these two words put on. And that you put on, in verse 24, the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He says in verse 25, put away lying, but he says, Put off, put on, and put away. 
It says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what precedes all of this? He says, let no corrupt communication. And by the way, verse 13, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't it interesting that it's words and then the next verse, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God? You know, we think our words have no consequence. Listen, it affects you spiritually. Your relationship with, with the Spirit of God. Don't grieve Him. But, but this putting off and putting on, you know what that is? It's constant. You've got to constantly do it. You've got to consistently do it. You know, we need to wake up every morning and put off the old nature and put on the new man. We need to be actively doing that. It's not just whenever we get stirred in the preaching. It's not just whenever it's Sunday, we better put on our best. Listen, it's a constant putting off and putting on daily, moment by moment. We better not let, our, let, 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 that, uh, let there be a passing time. Listen, you know, uh, we need to consistently put on the new nature and then our speech will then follow. And we better take great care. Because from an evil tree comes evil fruit. And from a good tree comes good fruit. Listen, the, the words, the fruit of our words will reveal the condition of our tree. And you might be saved. I pray you are. Pray that there has been a time where you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you believed in your heart, you confessed with your mouth. I hope there has been, and, and if that's you, listen, you still have that old nature to contend with. And our words will tell you that. Hey, do, do me a favor this week, listen to yourself. Listen to what you say. Listen to how you speak to your children. Listen to how you, you speak to those that maybe put you in a hot water situation. Don't blame them. Look at yourself. Hey, this week, just, just take inventory of the kind of words come out. You know, some of you young people, you just let words come out. Hey, listen, you, you know, you, you might think, well, it's everyone else is swearing. Listen, that's an evil heart. You accept that? You, you, you think that'll... You think that God will just accept that in your life? Listen, words have consequences. They form meaning. And most of all, it informs us of the condition of our heart. So take, take stock. Because it'll, it'll show you the source. It's not without, it's within. Be careful with your words. What you say may bring harm. Even to yourself. And your words come from this base. They come from the source and the condition of your heart. Take care of your heart. Take care of your heart. Make sure you're not walking after that carnal. Make sure you're not walking after that old nature. Make sure that, that as, as, as easy as, as it is, that you just are watchful, vigilant. And make sure you're walking after the spirit, the good tree. Maintain it. Be consistent in it. Take care of your heart and your words will follow. Let's pray. Father, thank you again, Lord, for your grace.
Lord, all of us here, we understand, dear God, that Lord, our words can often be left, Lord, without understanding where they come from. And Father, we can so easily excuse ourselves the way we speak to one another. We can often excuse that as just, well, that's just how it needs to be. Well, I didn't really mean that. But the reality is, Lord, our words, they're, they're, they're out of the abundance of our heart. So I pray that, Lord, you just would help us to understand where we're at, Lord. And Father, I know that, Lord, even within me, as I think about, Lord, this past week, Lord, I confess to you that I've fallen short. Help me, dear Lord. And I pray that you just help us as a church. Lord, uh, the way we communicate, Lord, the things we say, they matter. And help us, dear Lord, to, to just, Lord, understand that you, you hold us to an account for the things we say. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, the piano can begin to play. We're going to have a time of invitation. And I wonder if we would just be willing to admit this this morning. That we just need the Lord to, to guard our mouths. I wonder if there would be some who just be, would be humble enough to say, Pastor, the, the Lord spoke to me about my words. Would you just pray for me? Would you just help me um, by praying for me this week that, that God would just get a hold of my heart and that the, the Lord spoken to me about where my words are at and where my heart is. Anyone here this morning, just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, pray for me this week. Pray for me. See some hands there. See some hands. Anyone else? See those hands. All right. You can put them down. I wonder if you would, as the piano plays, just come to the altar this morning and just say, Lord, here I am. Lord, please help me, Lord. Please help me to just have words that heal rather than hurt. Help me, Lord, to get some things right with others that I've caused injury with my words. And maybe some couples need to come. Had some tense words, maybe even on the way here. We just do business with the Lord as the piano plays. And as the piano is playing, maybe there's others here who they've never trusted Christ as their Savior. I will tell you that you've come to the right place. We can show you from the Word of God how you can know, how you can be saved. And as the piano plays, whatever the Lord's leading you to do, would you just do that right now? Don't delay. Humble ourselves this morning. Let our words, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in His sight. And would we just, would we just do business with the Lord as the piano plays?